0: Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode 51. We have been sitting and meditating and soaking in the words of the crucifixion from all four of the Gospels. We've read them in uh, all four of the Gospels. And I'm just going to make a a plea, like, what if we could learn about the crucifixion? Uh, maybe we could learn about the garments being Uh, distributed by lot or perhaps we could hear about the wagging heads of his adversaries or his pleas for God to rescue him or maybe we could hear about the cries of Jesus about feeling abandoned or that Jesus was surrounded by his enemies maybe there's a document that reflects on the open wide mouths of his adversaries or that his life was being poured out like water or that his joints were out of uh bones were out of joint or that his heart felt funny and was like wax or that his strength had dried up or that the tongue stuck to the roof of his mouth during crucifixions or that his hands and feet were pierced, if there was only a document like that, that could reflect from the Old Testament, perhaps into the New Testament. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there is. It's Psalm 22, uh, and it was written uh, almost a thousand years, maybe 960 years, uh, before Jesus was crucified. And that psalm is the most quoted psalm in the New Testament. So it probably bears a little bit of look as we have done our New Testament work on the crucifixion, let's look to the Old Testament and see what the context of that verse is. Most famously, and maybe we won't even get past this today, is Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Psalm 22 is about 75 long lines long and Jesus quotes from the cross one of the seven things he says on the on the cross is my god my god why have you forsaken me and the question is is god forsaking jesus on the on the cross or is he quoting psalm 22 for uh, for a reason and so not only does he quote the beginning of psalm 22 which is uh, 31 Verses long, he quotes the first verse, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he quotes the last verse, which is, he has done it, or in Aramaic, it is finished. That's from John 19, 20, 28. So we're gonna look at the context of the verse. We're gonna look at the context of Psalm 22, and see, is God forsaking his chosen in Psalm 22? is God forsaking his people in Psalm 22? Is uh, God forsaking his king, David, in Psalm 22? And is he forsaking his son, Jesus, in Psalm 22? The answer to all those questions, in my opinion, is no. Um, So most psalms, just in general, start with a problem. They start with a feeling. They start with a situation. And then the psalmist, sometimes it's David, there's a bunch of other psalmists as well. Then they sort of gather themselves together, they recall what the Lord has done, they recall who the Lord is, they make a mental commitment to the history and the character of God, and they entrust, and then they glorify God at the end. That's a that's a rough Uh, construction of most of the Psalms many of the Psalms so when we ask the question does God forsake Jesus on the cross and were there really none to help him uh, on on the cross Jesus himself refers to Psalm 22 so why does he refer to himself or why does he abbreviate Psalm 22 why didn't he just on the cross Proclaim all 75 lines, uh, all 31 verses of Psalm 22. He said the first one and the last one. Well, why is that? Well, the way you die on the cross is you die from air hunger. You have to stand up to uh, exhale. So you have to stand up on the, the nails that are supporting your feet to exhale. And then to inhale, you have to let yourself hang back down. So every breath you have to st- stand up, sit down, st- or stand up and hang, stand up and hang, stand up and hang. And so the process of death is uh, one by, cru- by uh, suffocation. And if a person doesn't get tired enough, which happened to Jesus, and he died uh, in, in that process, and they wanted to get you off the cross, they'd break your leg so you couldn't stand up anymore, and then you would suffocate. So, did the Father abandon Jesus at any time during his life? No. Garden of Gethsemane? No. Temptation in the desert? No. Uh, Dealing with demons? No. And so the the spiritual question is, does God abandon Jesus uh, on the cross? How about on the cross? Was the fellowship of God and Father broken with Jesus? Um, so let me just say this, is I want to approach Psalm 22, as we've only done the first verse, my my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I want to approach this very humble, and I have, uh, there are some scholars who disagree with me on this, and there's some that actually do agree with me. So I want to get to the end first. Does it matter if God abandoned Jesus or not? This is a theological dancing on the head of a pin that that the the question is. God did it and took care of sin, and I praise him for it. So whatever process he utilized on on the cross with Jesus, I praise him for it. And I delight, like it says in Psalm 22, verse 8, they they nailed Jesus, said, He trusts in the Lord, let him deliver him, let him rescue him, for he delights in him. And the first thing I want to say about Psalm 22 is, I delight in Psalm 22. And if I can borrow a delight that Jesus did, he was derided for this part of him, his faith in the Lord, and I delight that whatever process you used, dear Lord, to fix sin and to fix death on the cross, I delight in you. And I want to be humble in my understanding, but I also want to use all the tools that you've given me in Scripture. So I want to seek a biblically-based understanding of the Lord and a view of God that reflects the tools that he's provided. So the first one I'm going to start with is, however you've done it, Lord, I delight in you. I'll see you back tomorrow, and we'll look further at Psalm 22.